All right. So if I'm being totally honest about this episode, when I first walked away from it, um, this conversation with Jeff, initially I was, I was frustrated. And I was frustrated because I, I didn't know that if I handled it as best as I could have, the conversation. Um, I was frustrated because I thought it might have been too combative at times. And frankly, I was just frustrated that it didn't lead to the type of kind of productive learning conversation that I, that I hoped for. But <laughs> the good news, as often happens, when I listened back to the discussion, I actually felt a lot better about it. Um, I felt like maybe as much as any episode or maybe even more, it modeled what it should look like or what I hope it looks like when, when two people have an authentic conversation where they, they don't totally agree and they don't see the world exactly the same way, which is most of the time. Um, and, and that was okay, right? We still had the discussion. And to be clear, right, it's, it's not like it was an ugly conversation or if it was divisive or mean-spirited, but at the same time, it wasn't overly polite or agreeable, right? There, there was tension there. There, there was some combativeness. There was some um, disagreement. And we debated a lot, right? We, we, we disagreed at some times. We agreed at some times. We cut each other off at times. We got frustrated with each other at times. But through all of it, I think we listened to each other. And I think that's the important point. We actually heard each other and we tried to work through some of these super complex, nuanced issues that, that we face as a country and as a society and tried to get to a better outcome. And, and for that, I'm, I'm appreciative of Jeff and, and the episode. Uh, as a brief background, so Jeff's the host of a couple podcasts, The Patriot Review and The Patriot Perspective. Um, in his words, he's, he's a proud Midwestern dad, he's a Christian, and he's a constitutional conservative American. So as you'll hear in the conversation, you know, this background and his value system leads to some strong views about the issues we face today and what we might need to do to address them. And you might not like all of Jeff's views. I didn't like all of Jeff's views. I did like some of his views, right? Which again is natural. But the point here again is, is, is not about agreeing. It's about listening and learning from each other. And I hope that's what we did. Um, so to that end, you'll hear us talk about education, racism, critical race theory, politics, um, freedom, civil liberties, among many, many other things as, as we had the conversation. Um, and again, I, I thank Jeff a ton for being on, for being so open and honest, for being willing to engage in a discussion with somebody he doesn't totally agree with. Um, and, I, and I hope you guys get as much value from this conversation as I did. Uh, with that, let's get to it. All right, Jeff, thanks for being on the show. Very much appreciated. Excited to talk to you today. Uh, I will get to the question of what's the value that's most important to you. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. The The one particular value really isn't one value to me. It's what I have, have done some thinking about for some time now. You know, as we get older, we kind of think about what legacy do we want to leave? So rather than just picking one value, I, I like to focus on that question. I like to focus on the legacy that I, that I want to leave, because when you look back, I don't know if you've ever been involved in, you know, uh, uh, looking up your, your family's history and going back a long ways, but a lot of people don't do that. And, and, you know, by the time three generations pass, you're not really remembered anymore, you know, as, and talked about a lot anymore. So to me, the most important thing is result which is legacy. So result and impact. And, and what's that? What, so first of all, I appreciate sharing that. What, what's that rooted in Jeff? I mean, you touched on it a little bit, the idea of, you know, when people look back, um, not remembering certain people, or, or I guess what you're striving for is to, is to be remembered. 
why, why, why is that? I guess, which sounds like a silly question, but curious to hear kind of what's, what underpins that for you? Is it, is it, is it deeper than that in terms of you want to be remembered for, for making a positive impact for doing a particular thing, whatever that might be, or is it more plainly put just as you did? It's just, it's a fact of, of being remembered in some way. It's just being significant, I guess, in, in this universe or in this world. It's not really about personal, um, personal satisfaction or being recognized or anything like that. It's okay. when I look around the world today, I, you know, I have a show called the Patriot Review and that show is kind of the culmination of these thoughts that I've had for some time now, you know, we all grow up and we're told we have to um, be successful. And the definition of successful is usually monetary and, um, uh, career and always improving, always gaining more salary and this and that. But what I'm talking about specifically is the, the legacy of freedom. And mm. that is my focus right now. But that involves a lot of values, doesn't it? That mm. That's not just one specific value. That's teaching what someone consider common sense. And, and the most of us would consider to be absent in today's society. There's no accountability. There's no... Uh, there's no really honor uh, anymore unless you look to a person's character and we're, we're as a society not doing that anymore, in my opinion. So uh, again, the, the legacy is what I want to leave and be remembered for. I honestly don't care if I'm remembered, but what I want to do is to take the actions that I can take as an individual to ensure that future generations of Americans will have the freedoms as they're laid out within the constitution. So mm. that's really what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I pre appreciate the clarification. And, and, and yeah, I think that idea of, in some ways I'm simplifying what you said, but in some ways trying to kind of leave the world or the country in this case, a, a better place than you found it perhaps, or just kind of drive towards that improvement and progress of, of things being better makes a lot of sense. Um, so let me ask you this, Jeff, what, what, has that, has that always been something that's been really important to you and critical? Is it, is it something that you've kind of evolved into over the years or the environment has necessitated? I guess, how'd you get to the point today where this is the value that we're talking about on the show? Um, would, it, would it have been the same in the past or what's the process been to get there? Well, you know, it's probably like many other individuals and the, the experiences they have. You know, all of our individual experiences affect us, shape us, mold us. And yeah, at first, you know, I was that person who was looking to, it was focused on his career more than his family. And, you know, it ended up, I, I tripled my income in five years when I first got out of college um, and traveled around and, and had a, a pretty high level position in a fortune 100 company, you know, but that, that wasn't happiness. That wasn't true success. I ended up getting divorced. I ended up, you know, not spending the time that I could have spent and lost with my children. And so those experiences across time have led me to this point. And the other thing that has led me to this point is, you know, when I was younger, I went to a, a Christian school up through eighth grade. And at the time, of course, I thought it was a hassle, you know, oh, I, <laughs> you know, a typical kid, it wasn't important to me. But when we look back and we, we see our lives in retrospect, that's when we see the impact of our own choices. And I think that's, you know, that's the, the, the moment of truth for all of us is, okay, what are you going to do based on your experiences 
that you're going to feel good about and that's really going to matter. Nobody's mm. going to remember if I held a position at a company, are they? Mm. Yeah, I get that. I, I get that a lot. And and I think, you know, again, maybe just to play it back to you a little bit, it's it's so that 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 experience that you went through of, you know, kind of doing it, quote unquote, the more traditional way, if you will, of, you know, you work your job, you get promoted, you make more money. That's what it's all about. You, you kind of went through that process and realized like, hey, this this isn't it like this. This isn't the whole story or if, if even the story at all and realized that you wanted to do something that had more meaning, maybe more more purpose. Um, and then again, correct me on this, but given kind of some of your upbringing, maybe some Christian values that were instilled in you, as well as some other things that you were maybe seeing, you started to realize like, hey, that, that, that purpose, that meaning that I want to have in my life, I think is geared around America, kind of the country and, and the freedoms that are so important. And if I could do something to help protect those or, or build upon those or, or help leave America in a better place, that kind of fits the bill of that, that purpose and that drive that you were looking for, that, 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 that job and that kind of lifestyle didn't provide. Is that, is that kind of fair? It's very fair. Yeah. yeah. And I think okay. there are a lot of people who at some point in their life, they, they're able to better balance, balance that than maybe mm -hmm. I was, but I, you know, I think that all of us want the best future for our children and grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And for me, that uh, my my belief is firm in that the the Judeo-Christian values that this nation was founded on have have created the most successful society in history. It's lifted the most people out of poverty. It's empowered the most people to do their own thing and follow their dreams. And I really am a strong believer in that. You know, so yes, and I I think that you know Christianity in itself. You don't have to be a Christian per se, but even Christianity's, the Judeo-Christian values are, uh, are common sense because it, they, you know, really focus around the individual and the individual's talents and the individual's opportunities for success. And I think uh, opposed to many of the America haters today, I believe America has gotten it right that we have learned from our mistakes. And the important part is to focus on improving because in the end, we all screw up mm. and you know, that doesn't mean that you, you throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, the, you, it means that you focus on improving. So my, my values would be, would be honor, integrity, honesty, uh, charity, you know, but to me, all of that is just being a, a good person. Mm. And we, we fail at times, right? But, uh, but that doesn't mean that we just change everything completely. So that's kind of where I'm at today. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. And, you know, I often say this, I feel like, you know, you mentioned the Judeo-Christian values and and no matter where people sit, because I've had people on the show that are they're deeply religious and faithful and spiritual. I've had others that are, are deeply not, right? And, and almost aggressively mm -hmm. not. And and I think at our core, though, when when we talk about that, the, those values and some of those things you said is they were kind of common sense, but that the, the, the ways to live, I think many religions and even those without religion kind of agree with those. Which to me, I, I always find interesting because then it, it leads to the next question, which is, well, well, that's what that's what I think most people think. But then we look at the situation we're in today, and it's not to say there was ever a perfect time in history, as you said, but there's a lot of conflict, there's a lot of tension, there's a lot of division. I'm curious, Jeff, like when you look at it, what, what why do you think that is? And I know there's kind of a first level explanation, which is, you know, it's political and there's the left and there's the right. And I get that. And I, I know there's truth to that. But if you go kind of a level or two deeper, why do you think we've gotten to this point? Why do you think you know, you use the phrase American haters. Why, why do you think we've, we've gotten here and, and certain people see it one way and certain people see it another? Well, I honestly believe that the nation has become more godless over time. Mm. I think that these, 
I think that these values that I just laid out are ridiculed and it's upside down. And now, you know, bad behavior is good behavior. Case in point, um, BLM and Antifa riders destroying a city, that's okay. And our VP puts up money to bail people out of jail. Um, retired cops, white people, other people getting attacked, some people getting murdered. And then we have the January Sixers who those that did damage absolutely should be prosecuted under the extent of the law. But we have people who are merely on the Capitol grounds and they've been in prison now for over a year and they haven't even had, they haven't even had their arraignment here. Mm. You know, meanwhile, another example is Jesse Smollett, who in my opinion is guilty of a hate crime. He specifically tar targeted whites and lied about whites. Trump supporters attacked him when he set the whole thing up. Mm. Now he's set free after six days, even though he's convicted in back again to the January 6th or so. I think to answer your question though, in, in a more direct sense is number one is godlessness. Number two is the examples that we have in leadership. You know, uh, Bill Clinton comes, comes in and he had, first he lies and denies he had an affair. Then all of a sudden, you know, people are just accepting it like, oh, that's okay. No problem. You know, he was, you know, his character, that's not an issue, mm. you know? So, so there's a lot of that. If our, I think that if our children behave like our politicians do, we'd probably, you know, they'd probably be in trouble. And for some reason, we just look at that and we, we think that we don't demand leadership. We don't hold people to account for the things that you and I are talking about today. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. So, so let's get into it. But uh, let me start maybe towards the end of where you went with that, the, the political piece of it, the politicians. I think a lot of people, myself included, would, would agree with that. There's, there's a lot of issues right there, if, if you want to consider that the top. Um, and, and again, we're all humans, we're all flawed, but, but, I, but I would agree with that. Let me just ask directly, Jeff, like from, from where you sit, is it, is it partisan though? Like, is it, is it that the left, Democrats, whatever you want to call it, like that's the group that's getting it wrong and that leadership is what's getting it wrong or is it kind of viewed across the board? And obviously there's, there's differences and there's difference of views and values and all that stuff. And I get that and we'll get into mm -hmm. that. But just as like a blanket statement, when you say like our politicians, the leadership, is that specific to one side or is that across the board? Well, it's, it's examples are across the board, but the reason why I am more conservative and constitutional conservative leaning is uh, opposed to what you're hearing, the messaging of the left is that people on the right have gone farther and farther and farther out to the right. Mm. Uh, and I would say, I would say it's the exact opposite. People on the right, a lot of people are still anti-abortion. A lot of people believe in, in uh, strong faith. A lot of people believe in, you know, working hard, et cetera, et cetera. But it's the people on the left. We don't have a JFK Democrats anymore. JFK would be a Republican today and he'd be attacked. Mm. And you look at the left and we've gone all the way to the point of, you know, uh, first term abortion now to some people calling for in some states look and putting forward to actually allow abortion, abortion up to the point of birth. Mm. You know, so who has gotten more extreme? And look at the social, the social, uh, um, the things that are acceptable in our society today. You know, who has really changed? It's not the right. We, we still have the same viewpoints that we held where the more extreme views are coming in are on the far left. And, and I believe that what we're seeing today in regards to restrictions and lockdowns and, you know, and the tax uh, cancel culture and attacks on people's free speech, 
those are on the left and those are fascism. And there's a myth out there that fascism, if you look it up in the dictionary, says that it's a political system of the far right. Well, that's exactly wrong. Because the far right believes in the smallest government possible and the more individual freedom, the most individual freedom possible, where the left believes in big government. So who are the true fascists? Hmm. Who is who are who are attacking who with the, the cancel culture and the and what do, what do you think? I, I know you touched on it before, Jeff, and, and maybe the answer is as simple as, you know, God, godlessness, right? Losing, losing the belief in God. But the, the way you're explaining it, and I'm not saying you're wrong necessarily, right? Obviously, people could disagree. But the way you're explaining it, 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 it sounds like there's like there's an agenda, right? There's an objective that's pushing towards something, perhaps. Maybe not. Maybe it's just, you know, the view is that it's more like anarchy. But what, why do you think they are doing that? Why do you think they are pushing further to the left as you're saying it? Why do you think they are looking to bring these things in? Um, and again, like I'm asking that somewhat philosophically, not, not philosophically, but like trying to understand like at a root level, what, what do you think it is? Do you think it's well-intentioned even if you totally disagree with it and you think they've twisted it and gotten it completely wrong? Do you think it's deliberately like malicious and there's evil intent to play? Like how, how, do, you, how do you view that? I think it's deliberate on, deliberate. on the part of um, many, it's deliberate. Deliberate to go, do harm, though, do you think, yes. or deliberate? Well, okay. change to get rid of individual liberties and freedoms and to establish a, uh, a world of world order. A, these are conversations they have at the World Economic Forum. Mm. They even have coursework for leaders to go through to work towards a new world order. So it's not just me in a tinfoil hat saying sure, this. Sure, yeah. you, you, can, you can find this information, and, and you can see them speaking it in their in their own words on video so it's not me saying this i definitely believe it's there there's intent there and it's all about power and wealth isn't it well i guess that's the question right because may, maybe again the, the spirit of this show is to explore this stuff so, so i hope you understand when i ask these questions it's exactly yeah, in that to understand it right so yeah. so in the way that it's me you're explaining it, it, it i think it makes sense from like a leadership perspective right there, there are those at the top that perhaps stand to gain from it right power and wealth which I, I i don't disagree i think that's driven a lot of problems throughout human history across all all types of people but um for the for the maybe the more average if you will or the everyday liberal that's kind of out there. Do you, what, what, how do you explain it from their perspective? Do you think that they are aware of that and they're good with it and they think that's good? Do you think that they are being naive? Do you think like they're actually well-intentioned but they're just kind of following the wrong path? Like, cause, cause and I say this to both sides, right? Cause I, I have friends and family on, mm -hmm. on all sides. Uh, like is the view that 50%, I know 50% isn't the exact number but there's a huge portion of Americans who just completely have it wrong and they've completely forgotten and destroyed you know, the, the vision of what America is or do they just kind of see it differently and they see it, you know, the wrong way? How, how do you view that, that group? Like, why would they allow for that to happen? Well, there are, there are a lot of people, regardless of political affiliation, regardless if they consider themselves Republicans or Democrats. I don't think there are many, uh, at least in, in power, there aren't too many true Democrats anymore. Hmm. I think that those people are very far to the left. So, but as far as your question, as far as, uh, uh, the population in general, the population of the United States, you know, I think the people are so wrapped up in the immediate gratification world and trying to look the best and virtue signal and there's no substance to, care to their character anymore. They are asleep at the wheel 
And this is a large part of the population in general, not just not a political affiliation. It's it's what I would call the uniparty, right? And you have you have Democrats and you have Republicans in office who put on a show, who try to fool people and just keep the status quo going, who stir up hate, who stir up division. And the the American public is buying it because they're too wrapped up in, in other things and mm. they, they don't hold people accountable. They won't speak out, you know, and now with the with the cancel culture, people are now afraid to speak out unless they're in absolute agreement with these with these fascists that are that are driving this change. So do you think, Jeff, like so I, again, I don't I don't disagree with a lot of that in terms of like um the, the, I guess the media, I don't know if you touched on them directly, but, but there are certain influencers or, or people in society who seem to either intentionally or, or out of, I don't know, negligence or recklessness are like hurting the country for their own personal gain, right? And I, and I think that kind of sits ac across the board. But if, if you were able to strip that away and say, okay, let's just, let's just talk about people, right? The average everyday liberal, the average everyday conservative, or however you want to categorize them. Like, do you think there's a general like consensus view that says, yeah, like as you said before, we're, we're never perfect. There's always things we want to be improving upon and trying to build on and get better. And if we could just have the honest, regular conversation, we can probably come to some conclusion that that works across the board. Um, and the reason why it's so bad today is maybe social media, the media, other people that are maybe manipulating it. Um, or do you think there's like a fundamental difference in how the left, the right, liberals, conservatives, whatever it is, see the world that there's, it's just, it's incompatible at this point. I think, th I think that for certain groups of people, it is incompatible and there will be a, a deeper division in America. And some people, I don't think I can say this today, but some people think that, that, um, you know, one day there will be two countries instead of one. And most of the population that's conservative will be in one country and the liberals will be in another country. Like I said, I can't say that, but some people believe that the division is that bad. Um, what I would say, though, is that all of this is is so much more complicated than what we have time really to talk about yeah. in one show, you know, because you, you we could start talking about why people's views are what they are. Then we start talking about the deliberate attack in education uh, to dumb people down, not know the true history of the United States, to hold those those founding fathers in contempt, you know, while we erect statues to people who you know, died of a fentanyl overdose and uh, you know, have a long history of, of run-ins with the law. Mm. So everything is upside down in my opinion. And I think there are many, many good, good Americans who have taken the bait on one side or the other. I speak my mind that I'm okay with people not agreeing with me, you know, but that doesn't mean that, that uh, you know, that, that we can't learn from each other. And that is what I would hope would come about. But I just don't think Americans really are focused or maybe they're just not tired enough yet. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's tricky, right? So let's let's jump on an example that you've given. Because I, 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 so I, I hear what you're saying. And I, I, the way I kind of think about this is that, as, as you said, right? A lot of this stuff is super complex and nuanced. And I think often where, where we go bad as a country or as people is when we try and oversimplify. And we take something that's really complex and we make it and we make it too simple. So simple that sometimes it sacrifices the truth to an extent. So I think on some of this, you do have to get into the nuance and the complexity and kind of explore it. So maybe let's just take the last example you used about, you know, education and, and the way we're being taught, right? 
So let me firstly say this. I think, as you stated throughout this, but I, and, and I don't know if you'd agree or disagree, but I think human nature is such that you're going to have certain people that see an opportunity and they exploit it, either intentionally or unintentionally, right? It might be in good faith. It might be they mean well, but wherever you see it, like people do do that. So I think as you get to the extremes of the left or the right, that's what you start to see, right? So I'm not trying to suggest that there aren't perhaps certain people in the country that do want to radically transform how the education system works and teach kids extremely radical things and maybe, you know, whatever it might be. So I, I'm not naive enough to think that that can't possibly be happening. But if we, if we try and keep it more in the realm of like, what I would hope is the majority of people that are more reasonable, um, how, I guess, let me ask, like, how do you think they should teach? Is the thought that like the way we should teach about slavery and, and racial issues in the country, is, is there an approach that, that works for it? Is, is your belief that like the way they taught it 50 years ago is the right way, or there is a better way. It's just not what, you know, some people on the left would say is today. Like what, let's, let's get into that issue a little bit. And like, what, what, what should it look like? How should it be working? So, so in my mind, if I could wave a magic wand, it would be like this. I would, I would say, first of all, that I want children to and young adults to be getting an education that teaches them to think critically, mm. not that teaches them, you know, uh, our founding fathers were racists, you know, and that America is a failed experiment and that, uh, you know, the America is the worst, worst nation in history because of what we did with slavery. They also need to teach, you know, they can teach that. They can teach that America did terrible things, and and this is what they did. This is what we did as a country, you know. But at the same time, let's be honest about slavery. Let's let's tell let's speak to the facts that, you know, the the, the white slave traders that uh, went to Africa wouldn't even, wouldn't go on shore because they were afraid of disease. So the people who were round rounding up the slaves to sell them were what. They were their fellow countrymen, fellow blacks who were rounding them up. All through history, throughout history, way before the United States was even a country, you know, we saw what? Slavery. We saw slavery of every race. During the Crusades, the, the Muslims took one million white slaves. In Africa, before, during, and after slavery was outlawed in the United States, there were white slaves. If you look at the sex trade, there's slavery right now today of all races. Can I ask and, a question there, Jeff, on yeah, that? Just, just to get to, so I, I, I hear what you're saying and, and I think I, I get it, right? I, I get what you're saying. So let's kind of follow that thread as, as we go through this. So like what, what I often find myself wondering is, and I'm not saying you're doing this necessarily, although, although maybe you are and maybe it's okay. I, I find like often I think about it as like, if, if we believe in America the way we do, right? And, and I'm using that loosely, generally for us, but like that, that America, as you said, right? You believe America is maybe the greatest country that's ever existed. There's, there's a lot of belief and, and hope and, and potential and, and great things about America. Sometimes I, I look at it through the view of like, you're right, right? We should teach the truth to the extent there is an objective truth that we can get to. But um, slavery did exist in other places. You know, there's, there's more to it than, than oversimplifying it. But I guess the question becomes like on that other side, how, how do we teach the bad parts of it so that we can improve? Right. Because I think you state, you state right? facts. Well, right. But, but let me, let me say like, if, if, if the belief is that we can be better and we should be better. And, and I think there's an argument you made that you would say that like, if anybody's going to lead the way in that America should be that we should be able to figure out a way to do that really effectively. So like what, so, so like if, if, it, well, let's put it this way, it, it is true that Thomas Jefferson owned slaves, right? Like that is a true statement. 
um, as far as we know, right? I wasn't there, but that's what we're told. And that's what we've learned. Like, mm -hmm. is that okay? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's get into the nuance. And yeah, I'm not yeah. saying, I'm let not me, trying to lead the witness here. Like, let me, let me, finish, yeah, yeah. let me finish my, I didn't finish my original thought there. So, you know, uh, but I will answer your question. So okay. the, the history of slavery uh, in America and worldwide needs to be really addressed and talked about the true sure. history. When, when you bring, I challenge anybody, go out and, and talk about slavery and say something about slavery, and everybody will automatically think you're talking about the United States and its history of slavery. Why? Well, that's because the United States is demonized for its experience with slavery. And what I'm saying is it's okay to teach that Thomas Jefferson had that, but you also have to give the caveat that historical happenings need to be uh, thought of and talked about in, context, in the context of the uh, society at the time, right? So society has changed and the level of acceptance has changed. Uh, one of the facts that I don't think is taught enough is that it was three Western uh, 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 countries who were, were led by white men who first abolished slavery. It was France, the United Kingdom, and the United States. So, but we don't talk about that. That's, to me, that's that is something positive about the white race. That's something that we should be we should be feeding information, facts from both sides of the argument. And instead, we're just hearing and people are being taught the the bad parts about our history with slavery. What do, you, what do you say, Jeff? And again, I hope you understand. Like this isn't me trying to be like Jeff. You got it wrong, yeah, man. What the hell's yeah, wrong with you, right? I'm trying to. I, I want a place where people who disagree with you or me or any of us can have an open conversation and figure it out. Like, what do you say to the thought that like, firstly, like for much of American history, that is exactly what was taught, right? And, and understandably so to an extent, that the beautiful things, the amazing things about America. What's, what's, what started to shift over the last few years is people started to be like, exactly what you're saying in some ways, like, hey, let's, let's be balanced. Let's teach it in a way that's actually truthful. There are amazing things about America. There are great things. Um, but at the same time, there were some bad things. And let's be truthful about that and the slaves that were owned and the issues we had. And very much the spirit to what I was saying before of like, not because we want to just check off the box that we're on par with others and be like, hey, it's okay, we had slaves because so did other places and other countries. I'm not saying you're That's saying that, but like, saying. no, no, I, I know that. I know that. But I'm just saying like, we actually want to face it head on and we want to figure out how we make sure that something like that never happens again. So we need to learn about it in all ways, right? Like, what, what would you say to that point that's like, yeah, agree, we should be balanced in this, but we haven't historically been balanced enough, so we're trying to kind of adjust that now. Again, not saying that's necessarily what's happening, right? But I'm just curious your response to that. My response to that would be that's not what we're doing right now. We've gone to the opposite, the polar extreme. We, we are reacting like, well, let me tell you my industrial experience. I was, a, I was in safety and environmental compliance. So you go to work one day and you talk about safety in the workforce and everybody yawns and of course they don't wanna hear about safety because it's boring. And then somebody loses their life and they have an accident at work, they lose their life. Well, all of a sudden, everything about safety becomes uh, critical and the reactions that are taken by this corporation are extreme, you know? So we're, we have this pendulum and the same thing I think holds true when we have some of these conversations. Mm. So you, you said, you hit it right on the head when you said balanced. So it's, it's okay. We talk about slavery as an issue. We talk about our, our uh, terrible past that we have, 
But we need to realize also, again, the context of the times, and then we need to talk about both sides and talk about what we've done since then. You know, I, I interviewed uh, Alveda King, and during our conversation, she would say, you know, it wasn't just the last few years. When you look at uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and his approach to making change, and that was that is kind of what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, race relations and that kind of stuff. He, he would have said the same thing, and he was founded in what? He was founded in his religious beliefs, right? He was a reverend. Yeah. Uh, you know, so having adult conversations without the extremes is is exactly what I'm talking about. And and to do that, you have to provide all evidence and education so people can think critically. And some of them will end up on the left, some of them will end up on the right, but at least you've given them the opportunity and the facts to consider before they reach that point. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I think most people would agree with that. I, I guess part of the question comes back to, and, and I don't know, you, you might have it. So I'm going to ask this genuinely, like when we talk about it, it's somewhat abstract of like what they kind of quote unquote, they are teaching in school, right? right. Um, and that they're not teaching it in a balanced way. And again, I, I'm asking this honestly, like what's, what's the reference point for that? Because like, how do we know that? So critical race theory, I know is a hot button topic, but, but let's go into it, right? Like, is it a specific school district you're talking about where you're aware of it, that like they are just teaching that at the exclusion of other things about American history? Um, because I, I, I think what you're saying is you would agree, right? Let's teach kids to think critically. Let's teach people to think critically. Let's let them consume whatever they want to consume and make their own decisions. We shouldn't be making decisions for anybody. So if there were a school that were teaching critical race theory, as well as maybe quote unquote, more traditional American history and truly leaving it up to kids to say, hey, here's some different views on how the world works or how people have viewed history. Um, we're teaching it to you, all of it to you and, and kind of make your own decisions. Is, is, is that, like, if that's happening, that's okay, but it's only if it's only critical race theory or other aspects of it, that's where it's a problem. Like, just to try and make it a little bit more real, yeah. you know? So the, the truth to that is that critical race theory can't exist in, in that, in your description of being balanced. Okay. Because critical race theory automatically assigns victimhood to, to Blacks and automatically assigns oppressors to Whites. And our kids are literally learning that the the value of uh, their value is specifically tied to their skin color, something that they can't help. So in the end, critical race theory is racism. Have and, you read it, Jeff? Just curious. Uh, I have, well. actually. Okay. I, was, yeah. I have. As a matter of fact, I was the director of No Left Turn in Education, which focuses on critical race theory and uh, the sexualization of, of our kids in schools at, you know, completely inappropriate age. So what I would say about school districts is that there are probably many of them that are good. Uh, my my youngest daughter, the school district she goes to, I would say is is pretty good. They have, you know, some exposure that I think is an age appropriate, and you know that that's the other thing that I would say is, you know, the when is it okay to have the argument or present these kids some of these some of the subject matter, you know, they're like um, first graders should be shouldn't be opening books and looking at you know one one male giving another male oral sex or a woman giving a male. Well, oral I sex. think that's true. There's, let me let me just bring us back just to keep it on the race topic or the, the critical race theory just to I yeah. guess I said, get into that a bit. Um, but but in the spirit of what you're saying, right? Like I can see an argument that says we we if if we kind of follow the logic, 
we shouldn't teach kids until whatever grade, fifth grade, until whenever we think they're actually capable to think critically on their own. We shouldn't teach them about anything having to do with slavery or racism, because if the fear is that depending on who teaches it and how they teach it, our kids are so impressionable that they may adopt beliefs that they normally would not have and might actually then live a life, you know, that's, that's counter to what the right values are or whatever it is, then all of that stuff becomes really dangerous um, in, in many ways, right? Like even teaching it in, in more traditional, quote unquote, traditional American history, there's risk in that because you still are touching on the issue of slavery and racism and these really complex, like we're talking about nuanced topics. So much in the same way where maybe maybe critical race theory is extreme and you say, well, we can't teach them that because it's too dangerous for them to do to take it in. Is there any, let me ask it as a question, is there any danger to teaching anything about slavery because the topic of racism and how that plays out for, for, for a second grader or first grader, that's even still too complex for them to, to process? Well, I think that the, the whole issue is very complex. You know, I would answer that in a couple of different ways. Number yeah. one, the parents need to be given back their rights to determine what the curriculum should be in their school districts. And, and they're the ones that should work with the school board. And that's part of the problem. People aren't working with the school board uh, to, to address these issues. And now that they're speaking up, you know, we have the, the, the head of the DOJ saying these people are domestic terrorists. And literally in Colorado, you know, uh, a number of, of women who have been spearheading an effort to address critical race theory and other uh, sexualization uh, educational models and standing up in their school board meetings, you know, they have FBI teams who literally knocked on their door in Colorado. Uh, you know, so it's gone to, to such a far extreme that we need to bring things back to, and this should tie it back to the original purpose of this conversation, which is values. What we've, what we've lost is educating people on using a lens of values to look at the world around them and make decisions about what is right or wrong. No, I, I agree. I agree. And I think our values, that's, that's why I, I do the show and I ask the question at the beginning, because I think as we're seeing here, right, in this conversation, your value of, of freedom and kind of that importance of leaving that legacy of the country drive a lot of your beliefs and, and rightfully so, right, in, in the way that you're, you think about it. That's, that's how you view it. Um, but, so but let me but, ask you quick before, let me ask sure. before we move on. Sure. What, what, is, what is more valuable, the, attacking people for their skin color and trying to put people into groups. See, to me, to me, the grouping is another issue. The grouping is a more of a Marxist approach where isn't it more beneficial to our children to teach them that as an individual, they have the right to equality, the right to all the things that our constitution lays out, the ability to, to seek out their dreams and, and that's what we should be striving for is well, creating a society that every kid can do that without even focusing on race. I mean, we should be focusing on uh, individual freedom and well, I think, liberty. I think that's I think that's true and good if we could be there. So you're going to get maybe a more loaded answer than you wanted or expected to this question because you may you may not surprise. I think I think about this. You stuff think a it's lot. idealistic and and well, my well, let me comment say, to that is why not strive for it? Well, well, no, it's fair. So let me give you what I think. Um, I think a lot of this, which is why I ask the questions and I like having these conversations, is it, it gets to a question of human nature, right? So the idea of saying, 
Um, why, why are we teaching kids at all about race? Why are we teaching about any of this? Let's just teach them what that everybody's free to do whatever they want to do. I think human history. That's not is, what I said. Okay. Uh, so go ahead, clarify. That's, well, yeah, that's not what I said. What I said was, what's more beneficial to focus on to focus on um, you know, white oppressors and black victims, or to focus on our kids as they're growing up, telling them. Hey, right. there, there has been this history and do these things at age, at age appropriate times, right? Well, there's so, so much subjectivity, Jeff. So apologies to cut in, but, but there's a lot of subjectivity, right? And, and as you see, like in this conversation, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to navigate that subjectivity in a way that's useful for us, right? To get us, the rhetorical us, to get to like better answers and better outcomes, right? So, so what I was going to say before was you asked what's better, what's better to teach our kids about racism and, and skin color or to teach them that, you know, exactly as you just said it. I think if all else was equal, right, if we were starting from scratch, maybe there's an argument to be made that says, let's, let's not teach them about race because let's not teach them the, the form, right? That's not, that's not more beneficial to, to phrase yeah, it. The way you phrase what I'm it. saying. All right. I, well, let me finish and then we'll kind of go from there, right? Um, so very directly to your question, is it more beneficial to teach them about race or to not? I think is the question you asked. Um, no, the question I ask is, is teaching, is teaching them about race, and I'm talking specifically, is teaching them the CRT model the most beneficial for them, or would teaching them the history of slavery in our, in our, in our country and around the world, as we have discussed, to allow for critical thinking, but focusing more on, hey, your race doesn't matter. But that's so subjective, Jeff, right? That's what I'm trying to get at, if, if you'll let me finish this point. Um, that idea of, shouldn't we teach it this way? That, that phrase, which I get it, I'm not, I'm not attacking it. I think you're, you're right in that we do need to figure out the right way to teach them. But the assumption that there is a clear cut right way, right? The critical race theory is, is not the right way. And maybe it's not, right? I'm not suggesting that it is. But this thought that it's simple, right? If we just teach them this, we teach them the history and let them know that, yeah, there were some issues. In, in, in a very high level view, it's hard to debate that. But when you actually put it into practice and say, wait, how do we actually teach it though? How do we actually teach them about the history and to appreciate the nuance in a way that allows us to continue to thrive and grow and become better, right? So again, back to your original question, is it better to teach them one or the other, right? I think we have to teach them that because there's a human nature involved here, right? The course of human history, and you said it, right? It's not just Western civilization or America. Throughout human history, people have done some really bad things, slavery being one of, one of the worst of them, perhaps, right, among, among others. And it's not just American history, it's world history in which that exists. So I, that's where I was going before. I think the idealistic part that I'm speaking of is if human nature didn't prove to us that we're capable of that and that's where we can go, I'd say, yeah, teach people, you know, uh, we don't have to get into all that then. But I think we've seen time and time again that, that human nature, we're flawed. I think we would all agree that, right? Whether we're people of faith or not, we're flawed people. Our minds don't always work the best. We don't always make the best decisions. Even with the best intentions, sometimes we do really bad things. So although I agree it would be great not to have to get into all that, I think the way we have to approach it is to, is to, is to swim in all of it, is to get into all the nuance, all the ugliness, the stuff we agree with, the stuff we don't. Yeah. And allow people to kind of process it and figure out, like, how do we account for that going forward so that we don't end up back there? You know what I mean? I don't actually think that's too yeah. far away from what you think, right? I'm just trying to well, get into I, that nuance. You're putting context in my words that's, that was never there. I'm not saying that we don't teach them the facts on, on all sides of the issue. Okay. I say that we have to do that when that's appropriate. But what I'm saying is, 
by teaching them just that part of it, just slavery, and even teaching it the way that critical race theory does, sure. we're automatically assigning guilt to, to one group and victimhood to the other group, when that should be removed from the discussion. Shouldn't be that I'm responsible for what my forefathers did because of sure. my skin color. I'm an oppressor. What I'm saying is that that's fine to teach them all about racism and all the history of racism, but be honest about what that looks like and all sides of the issue. Uh, but who but gets to I, decide that? That what becomes I'm, a question. What I'm saying, hang on. What I'm saying is that you have to teach it that way when it's appropriate to teach them that way. Remove that assigning that victimhood or assigning that oppressor and focus instead on this is the this is the past. This is what these people did. This is what those people did. Uh, it has nothing to do with you today or your skin color today. We're going to talk about the values of good people and we're going to talk about you as an individual. What what is what is uh, uh, being a good citizen about? It's about values and it's about not repeating mistakes of the past. And here's what the mistakes of the past were. It's not, OK, little Johnny, you're white, so you're an oppressor. That kid holds that, that guilt. Because that's what they're being taught and sure. told they are. Sure, I, I agree with you, right? I agree that, again, I, I'm not an expert on critical race theory. And, and I think, but I think most people would agree. If somebody was teaching it just in that way, that, that's problematic. I think where often it becomes, and I, again, I say this cutting, if, if, you, if I was talking to a liberal right now, I would say it in the reverse, because I think it's important that we do act towards the truth and consistently, et cetera. I think it's totally fair and reasonable to be worried about, in your scenario, little Johnny, Kind of taking on that guilt of, of white oppression or whatever it is and that impacting him and causing problems in society i don't disagree with that i just think we have to be consistent about the potential guilt or issues that happen on the other side if we don't teach enough of of the other side of it right for for, for little johnny that happens to be black and maybe what impact it's had on him over the last 50 or 100 years given the way it was taught or spoken about and that's not to say america is fundamentally bad or you know it's none of that that's what i'm trying to avoid i'm trying to avoid the simple things like critical race theory, bad, you know, this good, this bad. Yeah. I, I, cause those, those titles, like to your point earlier, a lot of that's kind of fed to us to get us triggered, to get us worked up. Let's actually just talk about the reality of it. Right. I, if you, if you go ahead and you read the, the content and you read the, the books and things that are, uh, you know, that are presenting this theory, uh, it is scary. And Little Johnny, if little Johnny's black, I don't want to say this is how this has impacted you over the past 50 years because little Johnny wasn't here 50 years ago. I want him to know that little Johnny has every opportunity regardless of his skin color. And I want this country to strive for providing that. And there are examples of racist. There are people that are racist. There are people that are racist of different skin colors. Sure. But, it, but again, you know, at the risk of, of being idealistic, that is what we should strive for. And yeah, it's just a question I, of how do we get there though, right? Like, right, right. But the first thing to do is, is, is to step back and say, hey, wait a minute, uh, you know, and this specific issue and other issues as well, you know, why do we need, for example, a law for every specific group and every, you know, how about laws that just are universal, universal and, and treat everybody equally under the law? rather than separating these little groups. I think that also puts people into, you know, uh, more of a, an opposing viewpoint or more disruptive or dividing than are just you, saying, hey, everybody has this right. Are you missing possibly, right? And I'm asking Jeff, right? I'm not, I hope you appreciate at this point in the conversation, this is, this is for us to get, learn, right? 
Is there a, a risk in that though of missing the hidden cost, right? So again, take that example. We could take the little Johnny example, whatever it is, right? The, the question again, if all else equal, if you look at it and say, why would we have a law that singles out, you know, gay people or black people or women? Like, why aren't we just doing this where everybody's equal? Somebody would say, well, listen, we, we kind of technically or quote unquote had that for a period, right? Where we didn't specify this. And there were a lot of people that were being harmed in some way because of it, right? Again, I'm not mm -hmm. saying that's necessarily the whole story or the truth or anything, but how does that fit into it when you think about it? Because I think most reasonable people would say like, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, Jeff. I totally agree. But what about these other people that were being harmed? Like, what do we, what do we do then? How do we help these people that for whatever reason, right? Historically, haven't haven't been treated the same right because we can all agree on that right women black people we can go down the list They're, they haven't yeah. historically been treated the same i think you and i are in agreement right now that like if we can wave a magic wand and make that better going forward that's what we want but what if the answer is, and I'm not saying we're, they're always getting it right, but what if the answer is changing the way we teach our kids? What if the answer is changing the laws to try and account for that? Like, if not that, then then what? Like, how, how do we change it if we don't face it? And again, that's not to say they always get it right, because there's lots of bad shit that happens, as you're saying. But like, how, how do we do it then? Well, I think the problem with that argument is, is that it's divisive to do, to have it be specific to individual groups rather than rather than every individual. So if you look at um, uh, getting into universities, for example, you know, we, we put all these special programs in place for, for specific groups. And I would argue that there's a segment of the population that's automatically offended by that because now they aren't getting the business loan because they're a white male or sure. they, aren't getting, they aren't getting into college because they're an Asian who historically you know, has high test results in mathematics, you know. So what I'm saying is I view those things as divisive and the, the benchmark should be what does, every, what gives everybody an equal opportunity to succeed? And I, you know, again, I realize that's idealistic, but it doesn't divide us as a society. But, but, but isn't that that hidden cost I was talking about? Because to say that, right, and, and again, you're not necessarily wrong in what you're saying. If they pass certain rules at a school or whatever, or a business loan, and that white person doesn't get the loan, what, what I think you're calling out almost mathematically is like, hey, there's harm done there. Somebody's being hurt because of that divisiveness that you speak of. And, and I agree, there's definitely a chance of that, almost likely a chance of that. So it's not to say we should ignore that, but we also in that same conversation have to talk about that same black person historically who did not get a loan or who did not get into college unfairly, right? Whereas they should have. So it's not to say one person deserves to suffer and the other doesn't, but we can't just look at it now and say, well, you put a new rule in place. It may harm white people in this case in some way. That's a problem. That is a problem, but we have to fix it in a way that also fixes the other divisiveness that was maybe more under the covers or maybe not, right? Depending on how you look at it, where some other group, in this case, maybe a black person was Why? being harmed as well. Why? 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 Who, who, who feels comfortable with paying for the sins of their forefathers? Well, let me, give you, let me give you, let me give you a quick example. So let's just, let's just really get some people offended and say, okay, well, if you're a black individual, well, statistics show that even though you're black males are 6% of the population in the United States that perpetrate all uh, the majority of violent crimes. Yes, I know that's loaded, but how about let's put a program in place where if your grandfather didn't finish his jail sentence because he was a, a murderer and he died before his sentence was, was carried out, well, you have to go to jail for that. I mean, we're punishing, we're punishing a generation of people who had nothing to do with victimizing people in the past. And 
can't we come to a, a point where where instead of saying it's kind of like this it's kind of like everybody has a group they say we're african-american we're irish-american we're latino-american no you're american and this division has got to stop and this focus on the past has got to stop let's focus on giving everybody opportunity and getting giving them the opportunity to be the best person they can be regardless of all the rest of it yeah i mean i we could debate if we should care about the past or not right i i understand your point and we could debate that i i think there's That's value how much it, we, we we care about the past and we learn from the past but it's time to forgive and you don't have to forget to forgive do you well maybe right um but I guess my, my question is, see, what's tricky for me in this conversation, Jeff, is numerous times you, you've stopped me to clarify, which is fine. I love that. That's awesome. And it suggests like a level of like detail and nuance and, 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 and appreciation of for the complexity of, of what's here. But then at other times in the conversation, it feels like that's not as important. And, and I'm not trying to say that in a negative way. I'm just, again, I just, I'm just trying to get to the truth of the conversation. So like the idea of why, why do we need to put things in place? Well, it's not just the past, right? There, there's, there's still people being harmed today because of the past to some extent. Now we could debate how much, right? You, you brought up the, the proportion of black men that are, that are um, in jail for violent crimes, right? That, that's an example of it, right? If, if, if you start following the thread of why that happened, I'm not saying it's the whole story by any means, and I'm not saying there's no room for personal accountability and helping yourself, but there is truth to the fact that there, there's a history there, right? It, it, it roots back to slavery in some ways, just naturally, logically it must, because that's how black people first came to the country. Um, so why can't we just, as you're, as you're doing it other times, why can't we embrace and live in the true nuanced complex world that it is that says, shit, man, like I wish we could figure out a way here to where white people didn't have to be harmed by these new laws that were put in place, but with the same level of emphasis and care and, and, and rigor to say, but shit, at the same time, we got to figure out how to address these other issues, right? We got to, we got to figure them both out. We got to make it better because right now it seems like it's, it's more teens, right? Like, and I know that's not what you're saying, but it's like, well, if you're going to help black people, then you're hurting white people. And if you're going to help white people, then you're hurting black people. That's not what I'm saying. I didn't say that's what you're saying. I didn't say that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, a number of times when I've, inter I've interrupted you, it's because you put context to my words that wasn't there. I think I would argue yeah. it's nuanced, though. I think I don't mean to put I never mean to put words in your mouth at all. I never would do that because I want you to speak. But to your, your, your examples of nuance go far further than what I'm actually stating. So I, I've never said, let's forget about the past. I've never said that. Uh, what I've said is, let's not focus on the past and, and live in the past and let's move forward by treating everybody the way that individuals deserve to be treated okay and i think and i think that when you have specific laws for specific groups so how, how would you do it, it automatically how would you division. how would you do it how do we let's live today right racism so is still an issue today how so do the we... conversation is what legal rights should every individual have and what is considered an infringement of those individual rights regardless of the rest because good behavior is good behavior you can't look at bad behavior and say well but good behavior okay that's bad that's what it's I'm okay to at. have bad behavior because of what happened in the past to their race what is that's what is good acceptable. behavior though like I, there's so much subject this is where this is where i struggle and i mean this completely genuine i appreciate you a ton for these are the conversations i i enjoy i know they can come off as contentious right and i hope you don't feel that way no, a little no, bit because no, it always no. should be but there's so much subjectivity. There's so much subjectivity of what good behavior is, what we should focus on, what the right path is, how we do it. And, and 
That's the world, right? I'm not complaining about that because that's the world we live in. Where I struggle is anytime somebody has supreme confidence or maybe even certainty about the answers, that's where I'm like, wait, hold on. Because if we're having a conversation where it's like, man, I, I don't know, like this stuff is crazy complicated. I don't know how we do it. There's not easy answers here. That's one conversation. But when the conversation is like, this is super complex and nuanced, but here it's pretty simple. We just need to do it this way. That doesn't seem, I, I, don't, I don't get that, right? Because exactly what we're talking about. H how do we fix the issue? And just using this as the example, it's not the only issue in America, but like, how do we fix the issue of racism? I know what we're saying we shouldn't do per this conversation, right? We shouldn't pass certain laws. We shouldn't change the way we educate our kids to focus on just critical race theory. And, and I'm, I get that. I'm good with that. How do we actually do it then? Because I think once we start to answer that question, you start to head down a path where it starts to sound kind of liberal and progressive. And it's like, again, I'm not by saying it's right. But you know going what I mean? back to our Judeo-Christian values. But those Judeo-Christian values I don't, were I don't alive and well when on, you were holding you. slaves. Like it yeah. can't just be that simple that like you can look throughout history, Judeo-Christian values aren't, it's not a panacea. And, and that's in no disrespect to religion or faith or God or whatever you believe in. But if the answer is we just need to go back to our Judeo-Christian values, you can go throughout history, times in which they were super high, at least, you know, seemingly. And Does we that mean the values of, were wrong? No, no, it doesn't. It means, right, but it, exactly. it can't be that simple to so, say that's the only answer. There's more I'm not it. saying that. I'm not saying that's the only answer. I'm saying that's a answer. And you, you said we had Judeo-Christian values when we had slavery. No, well, no, we didn't. We didn't. Those things do not do not uphold Judeo-Christian values. Slavery is not a value that- But, but the country, really, you, you said that's when the, the country was founded on these Judeo-Christian values. So you're right. It was. I would it agree was. we weren't practicing it. So yes, the question becomes exactly. not like, I guess that's where I get a little bit confused when people say, and, and not just you, others, and I'm not saying, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. So I'm just saying a phrase, if you resonates with you, that's fine. When, when people speak of like going back to something, right? And like, we need, we've lost our Judeo-Christian values. Again, my, my point isn't to say those values are wrong. It's to say that's oversimplifying it. It's not just that we lost those values because we've had those values, quote unquote, in the past and it didn't play out in the way that we needed to. So there's gotta be more to the story than just that, I, I would think, I would think. But again, I, I could be looking at it wrong. Well, I think that, the, the, that those examples that you seem to be focusing on are times that we did not, we did not meet up with those when, values. When those did we? failures in, the, in that. When that did doesn't, that doesn't mean good and bad, right and wrong change. You know, I think, and we're talking about things like, oh, robbery or murder or, you know, these are things that we know are, are wrong, right? So the conversation becomes what, what is really right and what is really wrong. And that's where the nuances come in and the arguments come in. I get all that. Mm. But one of the founding tenets of, 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 that I've communicated and talked about is always striving to, to approve, striving to, to meet those values. Yeah. You know, and I think the journey is uh, really coming to, compromise on what those values are in practice. Mm. So it is a far more complicated issue than, than what may sound you know, when I'm saying these things. And I admit that wholly, but the, 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 what's happening today in our society is we've forgotten what the foundation values are and we're rejecting them as a society. And everything is on its, on its head, like I've said a number of times. And let me give you an example that I share with my daughter. Uh, when I was a kid in grade school, we all take 
feed groups, right? Mm. We, we went to McDonald's as a, feed, as a field trip. It was <laughs> so exciting to get this uh, food instantly, you know, fast food. And, and uh, so we literally took a busload of kids to go to McDonald's. And today our society is kind of used to McDonald's and everything. Everything is immediate gratification. Everything is immediate consumption. It, you, don't, you don't try to unravel the complexities of issues. You listen to a soundbite and people, uh, you know, they're, they're in this mode, like I talked about, people are lost. They think that everything is, everything has to be instant gratification. Everything is black and white. Everything is really simple. All I'm saying is that as a nation, as a people, we need to have the, the values that we had, realizing that at times and exposing the times that we did not live up to those values and learning from those times. Mm. But every time we tear a statue down, we're erasing that history, good, bad, or indifferent. Those things are, are conversation pieces. Yep. Those, those are the things that allow us to have that dialogue. Yep. And that's the dialogue I feel we need as a country. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I, I think... I think there's a lot there that you said that that it's it's hard to disagree with and nor would, would I disagree with right I think you're right I think there's an aspect of tearing well there's an aspect of tearing down statues personally I I, I don't think you know certainly there are some statues we probably should tear down but by and large I think tearing down statues um, probably isn't isn't the best idea but but I think that's partially for the reason you're saying and that we're tearing down history I think that's true but I think it's also an overly simplistic like it, it might feel good for some people in the moment but very much in the spirit of this conversation, it's not getting to the root issues that we're trying to address, we right? We can't, we don't have the time, you know, and that's why we're talking broadly about some of these things. Well, right, but I'm saying as like a country or as a, as a, as a society, um, I think there's, we, we, have to, we have to face some of those things, right? It's, oh, absolutely. We started in the beginning with it, we're towards the end now, but to, to Thomas Jefferson, right? If the Thomas Jefferson statue is tore down, um, what I think that does is it, it, it can try and just like, make pretend the issue never existed or just erase it, as you said, rather than actually face it. I'd much rather, so I have an eight-year-old son. I'd much rather in the spirit of, I think some of the things you've said, I'd much rather teach him to think critically, right? Yeah. Then allow him to take in all the facts and all the information. In the example of Thomas Jefferson, I'd rather him hear it all, he, you know, to the extent we know it to be true, to get all the different perspectives um, and, then, and then to make his decision, right? That's, that's what I would rather. At the same time, though, I am sensitive to the fact that it, it is very complicated. And, and that spirit and that view of that more idealistic world where like everybody should just be equal. Let's just treat everybody that way and do it. You and I may believe that maybe, right? But the whole world doesn't necessarily. And some people don't even realize they don't believe that. And whether it's black people or any people, it could be white people, it could be poor people, it could be all different things. Human nature tends to lead us to, to look out for ourselves and exploit other people and kind of benefit ourselves in some way. So we just have to, we have to account for that. And we have to account for the fact that, you know, given history, there's certain groups where maybe that happened more than it did to others. That doesn't mean we go all the way to the extreme, exactly like you're saying, right? We can't erase history. We can't just say this whole group of people is just bad. That's obviously not the answer. You're just doing the same thing in reverse, right? Um, but it's hard, but we do have to figure out a way to talk about it and work through it that works for everybody. Are we getting it right? No. Are we ever going to get it exactly right? Probably not. I'd like to think conversations like this help, again, even though at times they feel contentious and it seems like we're on totally different planets. I think having these conversations allows us to start to uncover some of these things and be like, oh, that's what Jeff means when he says that, or oh, that's what Terry means, or that's whoever means. And that maybe brings us closer to, to finding a common ground. 
Um, yeah, I believe but, absolutely 100% of everything you just said. I, yeah. and, and I think it is a complicated issue, but I want to go back again to yeah. my my key of value, if you yeah. will, which is legacy. And, yeah. and the legacy that I want to, to leave is to have, is to be viewed as I, I really was a person that has fought for the freedoms of the individual regardless of who they are, regardless of what their sexual preference is or race or whatever else, you know, um, and, and I, I realize that some of my viewpoints people would call idealistic, but again, I go back to positioning our future generations in a place where that they believe and they actually can go for their dreams and they actually can be treated uh, civilly and they can't, yeah. they, their individual rights are realized. That legacy is again, the focus of, of what we're talking about today. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. So I'm going to ask one more question just as we're at the end, if, if you're cool with it. And it's going to be yeah. one of those questions that could easily be taken as like offensive in some way. I hope it's not, but I ask it because it, it gets right to the core of what we're talking about. So in the spirit of that legacy and all that, and, and like you said, right, you want to have a legacy where you, you make the country a better place for, for your kids, grandkids, and you protect those freedoms of, of all people. I ask this genuinely. Do, what, what, how much, so you have a podcast, you have different things, and I'm guilty of this too. We all are. But how much of that effort and time is being spent to, you know, think about or possibly address like the incarceration levels of, of Black men in America, right? And, and now maybe we can have a whole other conversation where you think that's actually not a problem, right? And we could talk about that. But in the spirit of kind of protecting that freedom for everybody as we want to, Right. A lot of the conversation is around the idea that that white people, to some extent, are, are being hurt, whether it be through college admissions or business loans or critical race theory, et cetera. I think logic would say, and what we're talking about, in that same spirit, you should have that same energy, that same passion, that same drive to build that legacy of protecting people's freedoms for, for all people. And if there's Black people who are being incarcerated at like a ridiculously high rate, that's something that should be right front and center in the conversation, too, because it ties back to that value. I get that sounds like a gotcha, like, hey, Jeff, I got you right. I, that's not my intent at all. I'm asking genuinely, like, is that an issue that you think about? Does it really play out for you where it's all people? And, and it might not, because I do it all the time, too. Like, we, we're almost evolutionary designed to, to, to think about ourselves and our own. But let me ask you, like, how, how do you think about that? How, how, well, do you, how does that play out? You, you made the comment that a large part of our conversation was that. It, it wasn't. It was just a couple of sentences in there that, that I used. But I would, I, I would stand up and fight for that individual and fight for that, that issue. Uh, absolutely, I would fight. And I think that, that that is an issue. I think that you know, the stereotypes uh, of, of Blacks does lead to higher incarceration rates. So I, I, I get that. That's what I was saying during that time was not, not that the other problems didn't exist. It was just specifically about putting sp rules in place that target specific groups. And that was the example I chose to use. No, I get so, it, but, but, but very, very directly. And you could ask me the same question, right? As, as fairly you should in a number of different directions, but why, why not? Like why, why, and maybe it is, so correct me if I'm wrong, but why not make a key topic, you know, on, on, on your website or your podcast about that, like quite literally, why isn't that something that, that you're thinking about? And, and again, I'm not trying to say that to say it should be something you are. I'm just curious, given the value and the, and the, and the legacy point, how come, it's, how come it's not? Hang on. Sorry, I don't know if you could hear that or not. No, no, I didn't. It's just, you're all good. Oh, it's a call coming in. Um, 
there's there's no there's no reason why I wouldn't fight for that. I guess because my focus is on the attack of my value set, you know, and specifically the attack on on white whites and white males and conservatism, you know. So I guess the the answer, the honest answer to that, is because this is the thing in the game that I personally have, right. and these are, these are the issues that that I'm personally passionate about. But I would welcome any guest to come on my show and, and expose any of these other issues, you know, and I, I welcome that in all seriousness. And people can go to my, to my website at redloadpatriots.com and contact me through that. I'd welcome that. Yeah, no, that's cool. And I appreciate that answer. And, and I appreciate the honesty in that answer. And, and, and I obviously believe what you're saying there. I think it's, I think it's an important point though, as, as we wrap here, and I'll, I'll give you one chance to give the last word, Jeff, but um, I think you hit it on the head a little bit there of like, you're right. Like it's, it's human nature. It's what I was saying before. We all do it. It's like, what are the issues that are most pressing to me? Where do I have skin in the game? And I think that's, that's the thing, right? That's where it leads to it. And I, I wonder if there's not some idea of in the spirit of like, kind of be the change you want to see in the world where for all of us, right. If we can kind of break that cycle in some way, even when we feel like, you know, our groups being attacked in some way among other groups, if we can show that same level of caring and compassion, as, as I think, you know, back to Jay or Christian, like a kind of a Jesus type mindset for all people, right? To where even though it's justified or it feels warranted to say, well, right now the concern is the left or the right and what they're doing. If you can actually make the concern consistent and say, my concern is actually just about people and, and seeing them do better uh, and not getting caught up in, you know, where, where it hits home or is personal for you. I think that's the path forward. Now, let me say that's way easier said than done. Talk about idealistic. That might be it, right? Because it's counter to human nature. I don't do it. I don't know that anybody does it completely. Um, but I appreciate you giving that answer because I think it gets to that point of exactly what you're saying. Like, there's no reason why you're not doing it. You could do it, but it's just not the issue that's most relevant to you. Same thing with me, right? Why am I not out trying to help child sex trafficking right now? I'm having this podcast, right? Does that mean I don't care about that? No, it just means right. we pick our priorities as we do. Um, and I think that speaks to the complexity of it and why this thing's so hard. But anyways, Jeff, huge ton of appreciation for you being on this conversation. I, I personally loved it and feel like I'm learning from it. I can't wait to listen back for it. Uh, but let me give you the last word, if, if anything you want to say. Well, you can tell I'm passionate about what I believe in and what I'm doing. And and I hope you didn't take it as uh, me being upset or, or, or not. I thought it was yep. a great conversation too. And I agree with what you're saying. I think that we could all... Uh, benefit from uh, more love in the world than than divisiveness. Uh, focusing, I, you, I would say this though that we have to focus on uh, the issues, and sometimes focusing on the issues leads you to a belief and a and a viewpoint and a standpoint that leaves you to to have to call out specific players and and things on, and that's anywhere and everywhere. That's the way it should be. Um, so thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. I'd absolutely uh, love to be back. I'd love to have you on my show as well, uh, you know, and uh, further explore some of these things in particular. Yeah, well said, well said. Well, Jeff, thanks again. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you, you too. All right, bye-bye.